this. Some of you might have cut yourself. I remember when I met a young girl. She was so pretty. I never would have guessed this. She came to my wife and I at a youth group, and she lifted up her shirt, and she said, look at my arm. Look what I do to myself. And I said, you're a beautiful young lady. All the guys in the youth group like you. Why would you do this? She said, because I grew up with my family, my mother, my dad, always telling me I'm ugly. And I said, why would you cut yourself? I mean, why don't you just ask for help? She says, when I cut myself, it's the only time that the pain releases from my body. My friends, there's a lot of lies out here today that people are believing. The lie of gangs, the lie of drugs, the lie of low self-esteem. I want to tell you some truth today. Everybody say the truth. You see, I want to tell you some things that the Bible talks about because this is not an ancient book. This is a book that can change your life today just as it did these young people on this stage and as it did for me 15 years ago. The first truth I want you all to know is what it says in 1 John 4.16. God loves the world. Everybody say it on the count of three. One, two, three. God. The first thing that I want you to see on the back of your notes, on the announcements or notes, write this down so you never forget it. Put these scriptures on that paper. 1 John 4.16 says, And so we know and rely on the love of God He has for us. God is love. Everybody say, God is love. Come on, say it like you're up tonight. Say, God is love. God is love. Look at what else it says. Whoever lives in love lives in God, in God, in Him. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves me. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I just found out that He loves me. Now everybody say, He don't just love me. He loved me very, very much. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. God goes goo-goo for us. God loves us. Everybody look up at me. Don't you know God was already in heaven with angels? Don't you know God was already in heaven with streets made of gold? Isn't that what people want these days? They want gold. They want to have all these things. Heaven already had that. But you know what God didn't have in heaven? He didn't have you. So he came down to earth and he created us and he made us in his image. Somebody say, I'm like God. You see, God made you in His image. You're not like an animal. See, animals live on instinct. You have a will. You have emotions. That's what God's image is like. So He made you to think and to talk and to act, not to be a robot and to be His puppet. He wanted you to be like Him and to choose to be His best friend. And the Bible says that in the Garden of Eden, everybody look up here, the Bible says it was perfect. There was no sin. There was no drug dealers. There was nobody stalking. There was nobody raping. There was no bad things happening. It was perfect. Guess what? Adam and Eve were perfect. And all they had to do was this. Watch everybody. Guess what Adam and Eve, all they had to do? Be fruitful and bounce. All they had to do was just hook it up all the time. They were naked in the garden and perfect. Somebody say, sex ain't bad. God created it. They're in a perfect world. They're perfect beings. And can guess what else they have? They have a perfect relationship with God. So many people today say, man, if I just saw God, it would be different. If I could just touch his hand, if he could just talk to me, look at me, it would be so different. Do you know what Adam and Eve saw God? The Bible says they walked with God in the cool of the day. So why did God leave heaven with angels, streets of gold and rubies and gems and all of these precious things? He came to earth to make us in the dust of the earth. Breathe in us so that we could be his friend. That's the first truth. You are here because God loves you. If you call yourself an animal dog, you're going to act like an animal dog. And that's why people kill each other dog because they think they're just dogs. 
When I grew up, we, we didn't learn evolution like y'all do right now. You know what we did? We took the Bible out of church and put metal, uh, the Bible out of schools and we put metal detectors in. Right now, you're being told you're just a product of an evolutionary process that started millions and billions of years ago and you came from a little amoeba in the ocean and then that turned into a little fish and then that turned into a little lizard and then that crawled up and then that came to be like a little, like a little uh, raccoon and then it turned into like a little dog and then a little monkey and then you became a man and guess what if that's all we are there ain't no problem with killing people because all we are is animals i don't know about you but i don't get sad about eating steak because a cow's an animal i'll kill it and eat it right now somebody say t-bone but hold on, isn't that a lie? Because when I think about evolution, I don't act like an animal. I don't think like an animal. I've traveled 7,000 miles already to India, traveled down dirt roads into villages where people don't even have running water and toilets. And guess what? They still act right. They still talk right. We can't be animals. There has to be a reason why a mother loves a child and doesn't eat it like alligators do. There's got to be a reason that no matter where you live, no matter who you are, if you steal something, you're not cool. And there's got to be a reason why no matter where you are everybody whether they look up to the sky look to a star or look to the world they live in they say i'm not here by accident there's a god we know why because every single one of you has a conscience an inner voice that talks to you and says that's not right and that inner voice is used as a mag a magnet god's the other side of your conscience and it's meant to bring you to god somebody say he loves me you're not here because of evolution. Don't let them lie to you. You're not here by accident. Even if your mom and dad got together and they listened to some old Art Kelly in the back of their car, and then you came up and they said, oh, you're an accident. No, you're not. God knew you would be here. And God loves you. And you are made in his image. And you might say, well, we all look so different. Do you know that God's image is so complex? It's like a diamond. No matter which time you look at it, it's always bling in a different way. When we all come together, we make the body of Christ. Because God's not one color, one race, one person. God is an awesome God who puts a personality in all of us. Somebody say, I'm special! Each one of you represents God in a different way. And that's why he calls us the body of Christ. Because when we all come together, we represent who he is. Some people are really quiet, like how God's quiet. Some of us are really loud, like how God is loud. Some of us are really bold. Some of us are really loving and caring. Because God put his image in every one of us. Believe that truth, my friends. The second truth that I want you to believe, uh, excuse me, the second truth I want you to believe today is that man has sinned. Somebody say, we done messed up. Like, for sure, dude, what do we do, man? Let me tell you. Okay. This is what we did. We were in a perfect world. We had a perfect relationship with God. We were perfect naked. And then God said, I'm going to give you a choice. Because free will is not free will unless you have a choice. If I lock you up in a padded room and take everything away from you, and I say, now you have to pray, guess what you're going to do? You're going to start praying all the time because you have nothing else to do. But if I give you your Xbox, your PS3, some Manny and Petty stuff, if I give you your favorite music, and now I say pray, now you have a choice. Somebody say, free will comes with a choice. So God let the devil, who already made his choice before the creation of the world, come down into our world, and he said, you be by this tree. The tree is called the knowledge of good and evil. If they eat of it, in that day they surely die. If they eat of the tree of life, they'll be with me forever. That is their choice. Anytime they feel locked out, let me out. They locked me out, and they won't let me out. You know, anytime they feel like I'm locked up, you know, anytime they feel that way, they go to you. 
And so the Bible says one day Adam and Eve were walking by. Satan said, hey, man, come on over here. Let me tell you something. God made all of this, but he's trying to hide something from you. He's wanting to hide from you the knowledge of good and evil. You see, all he's giving you is good stuff. All you know is good stuff. All you know, and it's always fun. It never hurts. It never has a baby that you don't want. It never results in a abortion. That's all you know. All you know is your little naked body that you don't feel bad, low self-esteem about. Think about that. You don't know any of that. Hey, dude, I'm going to beat you up. You don't know about fighting. He says, you only know good, but if you eat of this tree, you'll know good. And somebody say, evil. You'll know of good and evil. And guess what they did? They started eating from the tree. They said, God, I want to know evil. Why is evil here today? Because we chose it. Why do people murder each other? Because we chose evil. Why is there the hurricanes and the disasters? And why do certain religions fight other religions? Why is there gangs fighting other gangs? Why is there poverty? Why are there children born with diseases? I'm not telling you that every person is evil by themselves, that they deserve the punishment. I'm just saying because we lose evil upon this earth, it is a world out of control. And now people do things they never thought they would do. You know what? There was a girl, 10 years old. They told her in high school, I mean, in in junior high school, she was ugly. She was a skinny little girl. They said, you're so skinny, you'll never be married, and nobody will love you. You know what she did? She hung herself in her own closet. Somebody say, this world is evil. Because man sinned. Now, if you need some help thinking about what sin is today, look at your neighbor and say, I might need some help. This is what sin looks like today in your world. Sexual impurity. Let me tell you what it is. Sex by yourself with pornography, guys. Bighooters.com. Somebody say sin. Girls lusting in your hearts, dreaming about having sex. Sin. Actually getting together. Oral sex, anal sex, homosexual sex, any type of sex all night long. Any type of sex outside of heterosexual marriage sex is sin. Somebody say sin. And yes, I did go there. Hello, I'll tell you as a T.I. is, as it is. This is what it looks like right now. Just take a little. It's okay. I was born this way. Let me tell you something. Every excuse you'll come up with comes back to what the devil has told us. It's normal for me. It's normal. Everybody look up at me and say, he's normal. Yeah, I don't look normal, but I am normal. It's normal for me to want to have sex with more than just my wife. That comes normal and natural. And somebody might say, well, I'm born this way. Well, here's the whole purpose. You need to be born again, baby. You need to ask Jesus to change you. So sexual immorality may come natural to everybody. It may come to you in a different way than it does to your neighbor. I do care about people who have been molested and abused. And I'm here today to tell you that wasn't your fault. That was because somebody else was evil. And they need to repent and get before God. But any sex outside of one man, one woman is evil before God. Somebody say, make it plain. Gangs and violence is evil because it turns a brother against another brother. It makes people kill each other over the clothes that they have on. I wear yellow. I mean, come on, yellow? Really? Anyways, but that's how it is. People fight and kill over corners on a street. I lived in New Orleans seven and a half years where the hot boys, Little Wayne, and all these guys were from, Master P. And I remember in the projects, I would talk to my young people, and they would be like, man, I will kill somebody from the 17th ward if they come into the third ward. And I'm thinking to myself, y'all going to kill over this like you are in Iraq. You don't even own this place. You live in the ghetto. Man, why don't you join the army? Why don't you go fight for freedom? You know why? Because the devil's a liar. 
He'll get you to fight and kill one another here on these three corners. And really, you don't even get anything in the end. And the Bible said, even if you did get the whole world, yet you lost your soul, you lose, dude. Get it right with God. Somebody say, that's evil. Here's idol worship. Uh, you see, today we may not bow down to statues of Buddha and Krishna and, and, and all of these other gods, but this is what we bow down to today. We spend more time with our entertainment. We spend more time with video games, watching movies, hanging out with our friends than we do with the creator of the universe. Dude, i got to beat this game, man. i got to beat No, I'll pray later. i got to do this. Oh, dude, this song is so jamming, man, for sure. Oh, yeah, Justin Berber, man. And that's my idol. I want to be like him. Yes, and Drake and all of them, they become our idol. Look at it. Say hi to me. And you watch hysteria and this becomes the idol worship of our world. Some may say it's evil. Don't put anything before God. It's okay to have some of these things, but put God first in all that you do. In drug use, that's obvious. Look at your neighbor and say, I already knew that one. You know what? Doing drugs destroys your brain, guys. This is a brain that God gave you. You can have so much in this brain you don't even know. You're like me, 33 years old. You'll be walking down the street, and all of a sudden you'll think about the capital of North Dakota. And you'll be like, dude, I thought I forgot that, which I've already done because I can't tell you now. But, dude, your brain is so complex that the computers at NASA that send out our satellites all the way to Mars and put little robots on Mars, your brain is more complex than all all those computers together. Oh, dude, it feels so good. And we want to get high. And we, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, dude. That's okay. Oh, dude, I was going to do something, but I got high. Oh, yeah, dude. And we think about it, but no, we really don't. We're killing ourselves. Somebody say, I ain't right. And then there's number three. This is another truth. Jesus died for our sins. Somebody say, Jesus died for me. One of the most popular scriptures in the whole Bible. We're all going to say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. For God so loved that he gave that whosoever believes shall not perish. You see, that's the story right there in a nutshell. God loved us even when we sinned. Even when we still sin, God still loves us. That's the point. God is a God of second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances. I was a backslider. I knew about God, but I backslid. Somebody say he backslid. You know, I started doing stuff I knew was wrong after I knew what was right. I started doing drugs, having sex before marriage. I caught two. STD. Somebody say he was nasty. No joke. I was sitting down with somebody the other day and I was like, dude, keep it real. When I was out wiling out, I caught two STDs. You know what he said? I caught seven. I'm telling you, you have a 50-50 chance by the time you reach high school, uh, college, by catching STDs. This world is busted and disgusted, tore up from the floor up. It needs a checkup from the neck up. Are you listening to me? That's why Jesus died for us. So that we don't have to keep sinning. When you sin, you're disgracing the blood of Jesus. When you know better, you're walking on the blood of Jesus. You're spitting in the face of a loving Savior. You know why I don't sin today? Because I love God. You know why I don't cheat on my wife? Because I love her. Love will have you do things you thought were impossible. It's impossible for y'all to clean your rooms, I know. But if you really love your mom, you'll get under the the, the Grundy undies under your bed. And you'll get out and clean it because, Mom, I love you. 
And I know some of you want to steal. Some of you want to lie. Some of you have the temptation to break God's commandments. But if you really love him, the Bible says you will keep his commandments. So why today do I want to do what's right and not go to the clubs? Because God is worth it. I love God more than my sin. Somebody say, love God, hate the devil, and keep it simple, baby. And here's where we come to right now. You are going to face a judgment day. You might say, Pastor, man, this is pretty cool. You know, I mean, you're getting excited and you're telling us all about God. And yeah, that's pretty cool. But I'm going to do it my own way. You know, there's a lot of ways to heaven. I don't have to go your way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to be a good person. I'm just not going to hurt anybody and I'm going to be okay. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever told a lie? Even a little lie. Have you ever told a lie? Yes, you have. Don't lie now, liars. Come on. How many of you have ever told a lie that makes you a liar? Have you ever taken something that didn't belong to you, no matter how easy it was? A girl's dress you never gave back, ladies, because you were borrowing it? Or guys, that video game you said you would give back? How many have taken something that didn't belong to you? Come on. A thief? How many have ever taken the name of the Lord in vain? You said, God, boop it. Or you said, Jesus, boop. And you took his name in vain. Blasphemy. How about this one. How many have ever disobeyed their parents? The Bible says that's rebellion. Guess what? Thou shalt not lie is a Ten Commandment. You're not so good after all, goody tissues. God said thou shalt not steal. That's another one of the Ten Commandments. God said thou shalt obey your parents. That's another one of the Ten Commandments. God said thou shalt not take my name in vain. You've already done broke and busted four out of the Ten Commandments. When you stand before a holy and righteous God, you're not good before Him. You're still a sinner, a liar, a thief, a blasphemer, a rebellious child. If you don't have the blood of Jesus, you cannot pass those gates and get into heaven. I want to tell everybody today, before your day in court, you better be having your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, signed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. You see, when I stand before Jesus Christ, the devil's going to be there. He's going to say, oh, Father, let me tell you all that he did. This joker man at 11 years old, he started smoking. He started stealing. He got arrested. He started having sex with girls. That was all when he was 11. Oh, look at here. When he was 15, he was kicked out of school, and the devil's going to go through it all. But then all of a sudden, his list is going to get empty right around November 5th, 1995, and it's going to be blank. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is going to stand up and say, Devil, I forgave him. That settles it. Father, paid in full by my blood. I want it to be stamped on your life, paid in full. Have your sins been forgiven? You don't have an excuse today. Well, I was born this way. Yeah, so what? You can get born again. Well, it comes easy for me to sin. It comes easy to everybody. Man, you think you're special? You need to come before God and be forgiven. Because the last most important thing I want to tell you today is if you don't, everybody get this, you will go to hell. As much as I love you and I wish I could tell you it didn't exist, hell is a place where people go who say, I don't want to go back to God. You see, he created us. We don't get to choose where we go when we die if we reject him. You don't get option C, D, E, and F. Well, you go to heaven or hell, or you can go play baseball with your friends or be a rock and roll dude all the time. No, it's either you choose God or he tells you where you go. 
And if you reject God, if you say, no, no, I don't want to live for God down here. I kind of like evil. I kind of like sin. I kind of like the feeling that it gives me. The Bible says you will perish in the lake of fire for eternity. You will be in a pit and you keep falling and the flames will consume you, but you won't die. You will continue to scream out for help, but nobody will hear you. And you'll have the memory of all the church services you were in. All the times people told you to come to a loving Jesus who was on a cross, but you can't change because it's too late. And he Eternity is not a few million years, my friends. It's a year without end. That means it never stops. That's what happens when a creature rebels against a holy God. Would you stand to your feet with me, please? This is the last point. We must. Here's the truth. As, a, as my band comes up here today, we must. Somebody say, we must. Y'all getting quiet. I know you're serious, but I want you to say it like you mean it. Somebody say, we must. Except Jesus. The first truth is, is that God loves us. Don't ever doubt that. No matter what you go through in this world, don't doubt that God loves you. The second truth is, is that you and I, we sinned. We messed up. Every one of us have chosen to do the wrong things. The third truth that we've learned is that Jesus died on the cross for us. And lastly, now, it's up to each individual here to accept Jesus. Look at Acts 3.19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins, somebody say, my sins, so that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Today, the question isn't, are you a sinner? The question is, have your sins been forgiven? It's obvious we're all sinners. All I got to do is ask somebody who knows you. You ever messed up? Yeah. He ever hurt you? He ever hurt others? He ever let people down? He ever broke his word? She ever took something? She ever lied? Yeah, yeah, they've done it. Well, have they repented? You see, on that day we stand before God, it's not going to be, did you go to church? Going to church doesn't make me forgiven no more than going to McDonald's makes me a hamburger. Being baptized and being confirmed as a child doesn't make you new. No more than going into the bank and them handing you a bank card, and now that makes you a millionaire. Just because you have something from the bank don't mean you own all that stuff in the, in the vault. Just because you're religious doesn't mean you're forgiven. And some of you might say right now, well, pastor, you know, I kind of did that already. You know, I mean, I kind of, you know, I pray before I go to bed. You know, I've said my prayers. You're looking at salvation like it's some inoculation, like some, you know, some vaccine. Like, I got my flu shot. I got it. Salvation's not a one-time deal. Like, I did that 20 years ago and I'm cool. No, salvation, the Bible says, is you receive it that day, but every day you work it out. The Bible says every day by grace you're saved and then you become God's workmanship and you work it out. The Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me in this place today, young people? we got five minutes to spend in God's presence. 
Because I told you 9.30, that's when the pizza comes. If some of you want to stay later, you can stay as long as you want in this room. Because we are going to continue to seek God. But now here's the next five minutes. As the lights come down, the music is starting to play. I want you in your heart to be real with God. I want you to ask the big question right now. Am I ready to meet Him? My best friend, if you were to die right now, are you 100% sure of your salvation? Do you know that you know that you know that Jesus loves you? And are you forgiven? Or are you just kind of putting on a front? Or maybe you've never heard about this. This is what's called the gospel. It means good news. I'm going to pray for a certain group of people, and then I'm going to pray for everybody. But the first group I want to pray for is those that have come here. And you would say, Pastor, I've never accepted Jesus the way you're talking about from the Bible as the truth. But today I want to. I'm going to pray for that group of people right now. Those that would say, Pastor, I have never done this. I've heard about it. I've seen maybe other people do it. But today, I really want to do it for myself. I want to get to know God. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you today, as I begin to pray, I want you to raise up your hand. Because that's a sign that you're not afraid. And that means today you're going to make it right with God. I'm going to start to pray. If that's you, you can just start to raise up your hand because I'll know I'm praying for you. Father, I thank you today for the people you brought here. That, God, they've maybe never known you before. They've never made a decision before to serve you. But today, God, they've come into this church and they're saying, I want to change. I want to live for you. I want to be forgiven. God, as they're raising up their hands right now, God, I pray that this day forward, a commitment will be made in their heart that they will live for you and never turn their back on you. Now, everybody, raise up your hands. And those who already had their hands raised, as we pray this prayer of forgiveness, you mean it today. And God will change your life. Everybody pray with them, especially those who know what it is to be forgiven. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart and to change my life. I believe that you love me.